Chapter 6 to 10, Book 14, Volume 2 of Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume 2 by Sir Thomas Mallory. Chapter 6. And when Sir Percivale came nigh the brim, and saw the water so boisterous, he doubted to overpass it, and then he made a sign of the cross in his forehead. When the fiend felt him so charged, he shook off Sir Percivale, and he went into the water crying and roaring, making great sorrow, and it seemed unto him that the water brent. Then Sir Percivale perceived it was a fiend, the which would have brought him unto his perdition. Then he commended himself unto God, and prayed our Lord to keep him from all such temptations. And so he prayed all that night, till on the morn that it was day. Then he saw that he was in a wild mountain, the which was closed with the sea nigh all about, that he might see no land about him which might relieve him but wild beasts. And then he went into a valley, and there he saw a young serpent bring a young lion by the neck. And so he came by Sir Percivale. With that came a great lion, crying and roaring after the serpent. And as fast as Sir Percivale saw this, he marvelled, and heed him thither. But anon the lion had overtaken the serpent, and began battle with him. And then Sir Percivale thought to help the lion, for he was the more natural beast of the two, and therewith he drew his sword, and set his shield afore him, and there he gave the serpent such a buffet that he had a deadly wound. When the lion saw that, he made no resemblance to fight with him, but made him all the cheer that a beast might make a man. Then Percivale perceived that, and cast down his shield which was broken, and then he did off his helm for to gather wind, for he was greatly enchafed with the serpent, and the lion went always about him, fawning as a spaniel, and then he stroked him on the neck and on the shoulders, and then he thanked God of the fellowship of that beast. And about noon the lion took his little whelp and trussed him, and bare him there he came from. Then was Sir Percivale alone, and, as the tale telleth, he was one of the men of the world at that time which most believed in our Lord Jesu Christ, for in those days there were but few folks that believed in God perfectly. For in those days the son spared not the father, no more than a stranger. And so Sir Percivale comforted himself in our Lord Jesu, and besought God no temptation should bring him out of God's service, but to endure as his true champion. Thus, when Sir Percivale had prayed, he saw the lion come toward him, and then he couched down at his feet. And so all that night the lion and he slept together. And when Sir Percivale slept, he dreamt a marvellous dream, that there two ladies met with him, and that one sat upon a lion, and that other sat upon a serpent, and that one of them was young, and the other was old, and the youngest him thought said, Sir Percivale, my lord saluteth thee, 
and sendeth thee word that thou array thee and make thee ready, for to morn thou must fight with the strongest champion of the world. And if thou be overcome, thou shalt not be quit for losing any of thy members, but thou shalt be shamed for ever to the world's end. And then he asked her what was her lord, and she said, the greatest lord of all the world, and so she departed suddenly that he wist not where. Chapter 7 Then came forth the other lady that rode upon the serpent, and she said, Sir Percivale, I complain me of you that ye have done unto me, and have not offended unto you. Certes, madam, he said, unto you nor no lady I never offended. Yes, said she, I shall tell you why. I have nourished in this place a great while a serpent, which served me a great while, and yesterday ye slew him as he gat his prey. Say me for what cause ye slew him, for the lion was not yours. Madam, said Sir Percivale, I know well the lion was not mine, but I did it for the lion is of more gentler nature than the serpent and therefore I slew him. Me seemeth I did not amiss against you. Madam, said he, what would ye that I did? I would, said she, for the immense of my beast that ye become my man. And then he answered, That I will not grant you. No, said she, truly ye were never but my servant, sin ye received the homage of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore I ensure you in what place I may find you without keeping, I shall take you, as he that sometime was my man. And so she departed from Sir Percivale, and left him sleeping, the which was sore travailed of his advision. And on the morn he arose and blessed him, and he was passing feeble. Then was Sir Percivale where in the sea, and saw a ship come sailing toward him. And Sir Percivale went unto the ship, and found it covered within and without with white samite. And at the board stood an old man clothed in a surplice, in likeness of a priest. Sir, said Sir Percivale, ye be welcome. God keep you, said the good man. Sir, said the old man, O whence be ye? Sir, said Sir Percivale, I am of King Arthur's court, and a knight of the table round, the which am in the quest of the Sangreal. And here am I in great duress, and never like to escape out of this wilderness. Doubt not, said the good man, and ye be so true a knight as the order of chivalry requireth, and of heart as ye ought to be. Ye should not doubt that none enemy should slay you. What are ye? said Sir Percivale. Sir, said the old man, I am of a strange country, and hither I come to comfort you. Sir, said Sir Percivale, what signifieth my dream that I dreamt this night? And there he told him altogether. She which rode upon the lion betokeneth the new law of holy church, that is to understand faith, good hope, belief, and baptism. For she seemed younger than the other, it is great reason. For she was born in the resurrection and the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
and for great love she came to thee to warn thee of thy great battle that shall befall thee. With whom, said Sir Percivale, shall I fight? With the most champion of the world, said the old man, for as the lady said, But if thou quit thee well, thou shalt not be quit by losing of one member, but thou shalt be shamed to the world's end. And she that rode on the serpent signifieth the old law, and that serpent betokeneth a fiend, and why she blamed thee that thou slewest her servant, it betokeneth nothing. The serpent that thou slewest betokeneth the devil that thou rodest upon to the rock. And when thou madest a sign of the cross, there thou slewest him, and put away his power. And when she asked thee amends, and to become her man, and thou saidst thou wouldst not, that was to make thee to believe on her, and leave thy baptism. So he commanded Sir Percivale to depart, and so he leapt over the board and the ship, and all went away, he wist not whither. Then he went up onto the rock, and found the lion which always kept him fellowship, and he stroked him upon the back, and had great joy of him. CHAPTER Eight. By that Sir Percivale had abiden there till midday, he saw a ship came rowing in the sea, as all the wind of the world had driven it, and so it drove under that rock. And when Sir Percivale saw this, he hied him thither, and found the ship covered with silk more blacker than any bear, and therein was a gentlewoman of great beauty, and she was clothed richly that none might be better. And when she saw Sir Percivale, she said, Who brought you in this wilderness, where ye be never like to pass hence? For ye shall die here for hunger and mischief. Damosel, said Sir Percivale, I serve the best man of the world, and in his service he will not suffer me to die. For who that knocketh shall enter, and who that asketh shall have, and who that seeketh him he hideth him not. But then she said, Sir Percivale, what ye what I am? Yes, said he. Now who taught you my name? said she. Now, said Sir Percivale, I know you better than ye ween. And I came out of the waste forest where I found the red knight with the white shield, said the damosel. Ah, damosel, said he, with that knight would I meet passing fain. Sir knight, said she, and ye will ensure me by the faith that ye owe unto knighthood, that ye shall do my will what time I summon you, and I shall bring you unto that knight. Yea, said he, I shall promise you to fulfil your desire. Well, said she, now shall I tell you, I saw him in the forest chasing two knights unto a water, the which is called Mortes, and they drove him into the water for dread of death and the two knights passed over, and the red knight passed after, and there his horse was drenched, and he, through great strength, escaped unto the land. Thus she told him, and Sir Percivale was passing glad thereof. Then she asked him if he had ate any meat late. Nay, madam, truly I ate no meat nigh this three days. But late here I spake with a good man that fed me with his good words and holy, and refreshed me greatly. Ah, sir knight, said she, 
That same man is an enchanter and a multiplier of words, for an ye believe him ye shall plainly be shamed and die in this rock for pure hunger and be eaten with wild beasts. And ye be a young man and a goodly knight, and I shall help you an ye will. What are ye, said Sir Percivale, that proffered me thus great kindness? I am, said she, a gentlewoman that am disherited, which was sometime the richest woman of the world. Damosel, said Sir Percivale, who hath disherited you? For I have great pity of you. Sir, said she, I dwelled with the greatest man of the world, and he made me so fair and clear that there was none like me, and of that great beauty I had a little pride more than I ought to have had. Also I said a word that pleased him not, and then he would not suffer me to be any longer in his company, and so drove me from mine heritage, and so disherited me, and he had never pity of me, nor of none of my counsel, nor of my court. And sithen, Sir Knight, it hath befallen me so, and through me and mine I have benown him many of his men, and made them to become my men, for they ask never nothing of me, but I give it them, that and much more. Thus I and all my servants were against him night and day. Therefore I know now no good knight, nor no good man, but I get them on my side, and I may. And for that I know that thou art a good knight, I beseech you to help me, and for ye be a fellow of the round table, wherefore ye ought not to fail no gentlewoman, which is disherited, and she besought you of help. Chapter 9 Then Sir Percivale promised her all the help that he might, and then she thanked him, and at that time the weather was hot. Then she called unto her a gentlewoman, and bade her bring forth a pavilion, and so she did and pite it upon the gravel. Sir, said she, now may ye rest you in this heat of the day. Then he thanked her, and she put off his helm and his shield, and there he slept a great while. And then he awoke, and asked her if she had any meat, and she said, Yea, also ye shall have enough. And so there was set enough upon the table, and thereon so much that he had marvel, for there was all manner of meats that he could think on. Also he drank there the strongest wine that ever he drank, him thought, and therewith he was a little chaffed more than he ought to be. With that he beheld the gentlewoman, and him thought she was the fairest creature that ever he saw. And then Sir Percivale proffered her love, and prayed her that she would be his. Then she refused him, in a manner when he required her for the cause he should be the more ardent on her and ever he ceased not to pray her of love and when she saw him well in chaffed then she said sir percivale wit you well i shall not fulfil your will but if ye swear from henceforth ye shall be my true servant and to do nothing but that i shall command you Will ye ensure me this, as ye be a true knight? Yea, said he, fair lady, by the faith of my body. Well, said she, now shall ye do with me whatso it please you. 
and now wit ye well ye are the knight in the world that I have most desire to. And then two squires were commanded to make a bed in midst of the pavilion, and anon she was unclothed and laid therein. And then Sir Percivale laid him down by her naked, and by adventure and grace he saw his sword lie on the ground naked, in whose pommel was a red cross, and the sign of the crucifix therein, and bethought him on his knighthood and his promise made to forehand unto the good man. Then he made a sign of the cross in his forehead, and therewith the pavilion turned up so down, and then it changed unto a smoke and a black cloud, and then he was adreed and cried aloud. Chapter 10 Fair sweet Father Jesu Christ, ne let me not be shamed, the which was nigh lost had not thy good grace been. And then he looked into a ship, and saw her enter therein, which said, Sir Percivale, ye have betrayed me. And so she went with the wind roaring and yelling, that it seemed all the water brent after her. Then Sir Percivale made great sorrow, and drew his sword unto him, saying, Sithen my flesh will be my master, I shall punish it and therewith he rove himself through the thigh that the blood stirred about him and said o oh, good lord take this in recompensation of that i have done against thee my lord so then he clothed him and armed him and called himself a wretch saying how nigh was i lost and to have lost that i should never have gotten again that was my virginity for that may never be recovered after it is once lost. And then he stopped his bleeding wound with a piece of his shirt. Thus as he made his moan, he saw the same ship come from Orient that the good man was in the day afore, and the noble knight was ashamed with himself, and therewith he fell in a swoon. And when he awoke, he went unto him weakly, and there he saluted this good man. And then he asked Sir Percivale, How hast thou done, sith I departed? Sir, said he, here was a gentlewoman, and led me into deadly sin. And there he told him altogether. Knew ye not the maid? said the good man. Sir, said he, nay, but well I what the fiend sent her hither to shame me. O oh, good knight, said he, thou art a fool for that gentlewoman was the master fiend of hell the which hath power above all devils and that was the old lady that thou sawest in thine advision riding on the serpent then he told sir percivale how our lord jesus christ beat him out of heaven for his sin the which was the most brightest angel of heaven and therefore he lost his heritage and that was the champion that thou foughtest withal, the which had overcome thee, had not the grace of God been. Now beware, Sir Percivale, and take this for an ensample. And then the good man vanished away. Then Sir Percivale took his arms and entered into the ship, and so departed from thence. Here endeth the fourteenth book which is of Sir Percivale.
and here followeth of Sir Launcelot, which is the fifteenth book. End of book fourteen, chapter six to ten. Read by Lars Rolander.